TTB Music Podcast. Hello, you're back. We are. Uh, last, last, last week's last week's right. Last month. Last week. Last, last month. Last month. Third screen podcast. We're back yeah. with a, another high quality. Yeah. Selection Strap of music. Strap yourself in. Strap yourself exactly. in, kids. We have the return of the Libertines. They thought it would never happen. Perhaps it shouldn't have bothered, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a minute. But anthems of a anthems for a doomed youth, which is, which kind of kind of falls up quite nicely for yeah. the um, Frank Dudar album, which was songs for angry people. Songs for angry people. Songs for negative people. Yeah, and you now know. they have anthems for a doomed youth. It's, it's kind yeah. of almost like a follow-on album. Yeah, it is. Uh, we had the second album from the Hong Steady's Craig Finn, Faith in the Future. We have a uh, latest solo album from David Gilmore, Round That Lock. Uh, latest solo album from Keith Richards, Cross-Eyed Heart. We have Dame Funk, uh, Invite the Light. Dang. And uh, Duran Duran, Paper Gods. That's Good. one for the lady in the household. <laughs> anyway, kicking off. <laughs> okay. Let's get to the, the third album from wow. the Libertines. And uh, the debut album was 2002, then it followed up in 2004, then it all went a bit well, tits up yeah, for well, various yeah. reasons. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yes, and after a long hiatus, they are back with an album produced by uh, Jake Gosling, who is best known for producing uh, One Direction and Ed Sheeran. Yeah. So you didn't see that coming, did no. you? No. <laughs> Libertines, they're back. Was it worth the wait? It's all right. It, yeah, uh, you know, it's nice. It's nice to see a band get back together. Um, we've had it uh, earlier this year with Blur. Um, I'm, I'm from that generation that probably thinks Blur did a good job. Um, oh, that's because it did. Yeah, it's because it did. This this album is um, it's not it's not a return to form. But then again, how can you ever return to that form? You know, here we are, ten, twelve years later. A lot of water has passed under the bridge, and we have an album here that perhaps reflects some of that. Um, uh, you know, the, let's get the old band back together, uh, and here they are, uh, older, not necessarily wiser. Indeed. Um, but but this is a this is a decent collection of songs um, from a group of guys that are clearly looking back on what was and what could have been, and um, it's quite an honest appraisal of their career. Uh, in some of these songs, there are there are clearly references back to to, to the, the fights, the fallouts, the drugs, certainly. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, but but, uh, but overall, and I. I hate to bring out my cliche so early on. It's a solid album. It's a solid album about a solid band that are just about back on solid ground. <laughs> um, well, there's, there's lots of solids going on there. Yeah, yeah. lots of solids. Solids. Um, mm. How about yourself? Well, I was never a fan to start off with, so, yeah, I, no. so I was never really swept along by the. Uh, Neither was I. The original. Uh, no. Thing that happened, although I do know yeah. people that were friend, friends, oh, friends that were absolutely, uh, you know, they were a phenomenon. Yeah, and uh, it, the whole kind of shtick didn't really do it, do it for me at all. I was sort of a bit kind of hackneyed. Um, or so even hack, hackneyed. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the chance to have another album by them was didn't fill me with great joy. 
I'll be honest. However, you, you are right. It's, it's essentially they've uh, produced uh, a solid, okay record. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's better than a lot of what's out there at the moment. Yeah. Um, shortness of the songs definitely works to its advantage. Um, however, they still, you know, they still want to be the Clash. You know, Gunga Din, Heart of the Matter, Fury, <laughs> Fury whatever it's called. Um, a very much kind of Clash-esque type of things. Title track is a, a quite a good pulp song. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. One but, of the old ones. <laughs> yeah. Barbarians has hints of the jam, kind of that's entertainment going on about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glasgow Coma, um, what do we call it, Scale? Scale Blues. Yeah, which is, yeah. Quite, which is quite fun, but again, it's kind of Iggy Stooges kind of thing. Yeah. So there's lots of kind of, you know... Borrowings from other people wrapped up, but it's as you say, it's fine. Fine, it's it just it's quite a short re- record. You put it on, you don't kind of clamour to switch it off particularly. But by the same token, I'm not sure I would clamour to put it on in the first place. Yeah, having yeah. listened to it three times, I think I think I think you and I have been passed by about this probably probably twelve years ago. I think I think the kids, hey the kids, um, who are now obviously uh, are, are, are millennials that are now sort of heading into their late twenties, early thirties. Will um will will like this because it's a it's a slice of nostalgia. That's it, folks. We're on to early noughties nostalgia now. And the nineties finished. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's good that they they got back together and buried their various hatchets. Um. So in that sense. In that sense, it's great, and in yeah. that sense, it's power a, to them. I think kind of reflects what I said. It's a shame that they uh, went went there in the first place, but I guess. You know, if they hadn't, they wouldn't be the sort of legendary act that they are now. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes, sort of. <laughs> However, I'm going for the positives on this podcast. Yes. Okay. <laughs> let's move on. To, let's move on to. Let's move on to what should theoretically be safer ground, and the uh, <laughs> the second solo album from uh, Craig Finn, yep. lead singer of uh, the Whole Steady, who obviously were our, released our album of the year last year. And so yes, yes. There's that kind of, that kind of pause. That brimming enthusiasm. That kind of pause in the middle there, yeah. Um, and you know, like his first set about album, this is very much a case of uh, a more understated and reflective kind of record that we're dealing with. Yeah. We're not aiming kind of anthemic kind no. of here. It's very much more, uh, yeah, more self-contained kind of less upbeat stories yeah but still the stories are there you've got stories yeah. of cults drugs gigs ex-girlfriends yeah. violence 9-11 yeah. and of course um a smattering of religion as you always get with uh craig finn stuff he's still a, an inventive and fascinating lyricist and i'll get to a couple of examples of that in a minute but i think musically for me at least uh it was too often a bit one note for my liking um and if I'm honest, it was hard not to long for kind of Tad Kubler coming in there with a kind of yeah. riff to kind of just lift the whole thing up a level or two. Um, however, there is good stuff on it. The opener, um, Maggie, I've been searching for our son, which deals with cults and kind of basically searching for yourself, I suppose, to a certain extent, um, and something to believe in, is a really good, really good song. Uh, Sarah calling from a hotel, mm. which is a kind of, again nicely painted story that kind of just gives like an outline of something and allows you to kind of fill in what you think's happening in the in the story nice you dark. know yeah <laughs> it's a, you know, it's, but essentially it's about an ex phoning out of the blue yeah. 
um, but who seems a bit messed, messed up. Um, and there's a kind of possible reference to actually back to um, Chips Ahoy for the whole steady in, in, mm. in the start of this because it says, uh, hadn't seen her since the races at the ending of last summer, watched the horses run up to one another and she looked pretty. So it's kind of like you could always imagine her being the same person he's talking about in Chips Ahoy. Chips Ahoy. And then it obviously ends with that kind of like bleak and the last thing she said to me before she hung up was, Here he comes, you know, he's got a gun or wherever or I've got to go. So it is a kind of, as you say, a very kind of bleak song. Um, but the best track for me is probably um, Newmyer's Roof, which is kind of a rumination on kind of fame juxtaposed against the whole 9-11 thing, with Doubting Thomas as a central character lyrically, which I quite liked. Um, and unusually, perhaps for Finn as well, it's, it's the one song that actually has an element of him in it and tr truth, truth, truth about it. So you get the line... All these tall tales and one tiny truth. I saw the towers go down from upon Neymar's roof, which is actually true because he actually did. He had he had moved to New York literally a couple of weeks before it happened, and he actually did gosh. did do that. So that's the kind of one element of truth in the kind of thing. Right. So those I think were the high points of the album. Rest of it, it's not bad per se, but like I said, it was just a bit too kind of one notey, and yeah. I just needed some more oomph for want of a better word. Um, I enjoyed this album on repeated listen. Uh, I, I, it, I know exactly what you're saying in terms of, for fans of the Hold Steady, you, you really want the guitar and the band to kick in at some point. You're like, oh, no, it's not coming. Yeah. Um, you know, it is a little bit one note. Um, Hold Steady light is probably cruel in it. Yeah, it is. So, I, think, I think that would be cruel. Yes. Yeah, that would be cruel. Um, but it's certainly a, 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 a more diluted version and it reflects clearly that Craig Finn isn't the whole yeah. study and the fact, yeah. that, the fact that it is a band and, and that, that the, ba the band r provide most of the music and, really and, and he yeah. does the lyrics in, when they're doing the whole study that, thing. Absolutely. that really comes across on this record and you really get an appreciation for his storytelling capabilities because when you actually okay you miss you miss the band but when you strip the band away and you just have the lyrics you, you realize what an absolute brilliant storyteller he can be yes and and, and I, I, I we didn't review the first solo album no we didn't um but but i actually found this enjoy i found this as enjoyable as as a whole steady record lyrically speaking yeah um i always feel <laughs> and i've certainly felt this last year with the whole steady album i always feel we kind of judge these um these albums um against a uh, perhaps a lesser class of music um, so, uh, without giving the end away, this is probably my favourite album of the, uh, <laughs> of the podcast. Uh, and, and, and it's not by default, although in this case it, it might be. Um, it, it, I always feel that with the whole study that, that, that we kind of... And I've felt this a few records now. You're always, always on the cusp of greatness. Yeah. I think the whole study. They are going to be one of those bands that are always on the cusp of greatness. And without, I, without, without really without, being embraced. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and I think we've been saying this now between ourselves for about ten years, um, and this album sort of exemplifies, you know, exemplifies that. Um, favorite track for me? Well, you've mentioned Newmar's Roof and Sarah calling from a hotel, which is brilliant. Um, obviously, Saint Peter upside down, yes. for his religious <laughs> imagery. Um, uh, you know, he really does have a great turn of phrase, and reminded me why we voted their last band the last band album yeah. best album of last year um yeah so yeah
we move on to... Oh, I say I'm done. I've, I've told yeah. you the ending. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Extra spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> we move on to uh, Pink Floyd, although not Pink Floyd. No, we move on Floyd. to the uh, fourth set of album from uh, David Gilmour, but the first since the definitely, definitely Pink Floyd, definitely, definitely, definitely not doing any other albums ever, ever, ever again um, thing off the back of... Um, Oh, come on, David. Get the Gilmore Waters album yeah, out. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> Off the back of Endless Endless, Endless River, which yeah. we did last year, which was the mostly acoustic uh, tribute, I suppose, really, to yeah. Richard Wright. So, uh, yes, rattle that lock. Did it rattle your chain? Um, I, I, again, repeated listenings, I enjoyed this more than I initially did. 5am, um, the instrumental that opens it, is classic Pink Floyd... Gilmore's all over that, isn't he? Absolutely, you know? yeah. You know, yeah, it, it's it, the it is the kind of thing that you you just you know yeah. you kind of wake up in the morning and just kind of go okay in, instrumental yes go back to bed yes that was the you know um, what I found I'll focus on the criticism first because I'm a cynic um, what I found with this was the diversity of the album was a problem for me yeah because it wasn't consistent and at one point I, I think it's it's the girl in the yellow dress or today. It verged into Sting territory, um, if you know what I mean. Yes. It had a real feel of the sort of middle of the roadness that I think, I think sort of. I mean, our know, friend Sting, who's that last album we loved. Yeah, but it, it just reminded me of that last <laughs> album that we loved. But I didn't want it to because it's David Gilmore. Uh, I didn't want it to be reminded of Sting at this point. Um, and I think there was there's a kind of a diversity within the album which I think worked against it. And I can see what he's going for here. He's, 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 he's sort of plodding... He's plodding. No, no, that's terrible. He's sort of working through the different styles. Um, he's, got, he's got a few ideas he tries out here. And, um, and, and some of them are hits and some of them are misses. Um, yeah. And uh, for me, it, when, when you heard him veer off into, into something that you wouldn't quite expect from David or, or Pink Floyd, it kind of just, it just sort of took me out of the moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can, I can understand. What, I can understand what we're saying. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to say I, I quite, I quite enjoyed this record, and as I say it's one of those records that's enjoyable enough without really ever reaching the point where it's going to overexcite no. you particularly. No, I didn't. Um, which again, as I say, it's not to say there's not stuff to like. As you say, it opens well. Um, Five AM instrumental, as I say, is is is, is lovely, mm. and it goes into um, round that lock. Yeah. Which is a lovely slice That's of kind right. of adult rock. I said it's, it's almost yeah. like, it's almost like he's channeling. Um, I think I said this before. When it, it's almost like he's channeling kind of a Lindsay Buckingham of kind of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, almost. almost. Yeah. and you can see why it's been a favourite on the Radio Two playlist yeah. for the last. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Two, two months, you know, yeah. it kind of ticks all that kind of boxes yeah. and that. Um, elsewhere on the on the record, uh, I for enough I like today. Um, which I thought was a good, which is, I actually thought was a good pop, pop track. Yeah. But I think the girl in the other dress is the one, the one where it gets a bit kind of um, it's kind of bluesy, kind of jazzy yeah. type thing going on. I think I think George Holland's on that track actually. Oh right. Um, right. Um, but, and I think the, the the instrumental that ends it, and then I think is the best yes. instrumental on the album. Yes. The best track on the album for me, though, funny enough, is. Probably the one I would say is the most Pink Floyd on it, which is in any tongue. Oh right, okay, yeah. Which for me just sounds. Yeah. It could have gone on any of the last couple of Pink Floyd records. I I, I particularly liked a boat lies waiting. Yes, lovely track. Yeah, for kind of a, I had a similar thought process with that track. I thought this this fell off the last Pink Floyd album. You know. 
I feel like a boat. Yeah, indeed. Well, didn't that album have a boat on it, on the front cover? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. They, ha they have yeah. used boat imagery before. Exactly. So that felt very Floydian. Floydian, I like it. Uh, yeah. Floydian, yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah. You heard it for, here oh, for that's this, pretty face. Yes. So speaking of... Uh, pretty old, old, Yeah. <laughs> and old... Uh, uh, we come old, to... Old effers. Yeah. We come to uh, Keith. Yeah. Uh, who I believe is celebrating his 76th some oh, of that birthday this year. Good on you. This is surprisingly only his third solo album um, because he is one of those people that basically his band is the Rolling Stones yeah, and he I've can't. Heard of them. Yeah, yeah. And he can't really think of doing anything other than just writing Rolling Stones stuff, generally yeah. speaking. So he's stayed away from doing solo stuff. Um, and you know, it's well, this is one of these records that you kind of put it on and you're kind of going, oh fuck no. Keith, Keith, Keith Richard's album. And you get to the end and you kind of think, actually, this is probably better than most things the Stones have put out in the last 25 years, oh, really. Yeah. <laughs> some, might, some might say that's not difficult if they're being really cruel. I mean, however, 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 you know, it, it kind of kicks off exactly. If you, if you didn't know what to expect, it kind of kicks off with probably exactly what you would expect. So you start with the kind of. Uh, old school bluesy acoustic kind of kind of thing. You think, oh yeah, this is the kind of thing Keith's gonna. It's gonna be an album full of this kind of stuff. Yeah. It ends with a kind of funny line. Okay, that's all all I've got kind of thing. Um, and it does come back to that kind of blues feel late, late, later on with blues in the morning, um, which is more of a kind of foot tapping boogie woogie type blues thing. But very good. Um, however, it it's it's actually a surprisingly enjoyable album. Clearly, you've got stuff that is very Stones reminiscent, as you'd expect from a man who provides the music for the Stones. So, tracks like Heartstopper, Amnesia, um, and then particularly some of the better tracks on the album, so Trouble, which is the single, mm -hmm. um, Something for Nothing, and Nothing on Me, yeah. are amongst the best Stones songs that the Stones haven't recorded exactly. in the last 25 years. Um, you also get his love of reggae coming in, so there's a quite authentic cover of Gregory Isaac's Love Overdue, some bit of kind of black exploitation kind of funk going on in substantial damage. And there's also um at times there are almost kind of early kind of dire streets kind of elements. <laughs> because his his vocal kind of um delivery is kind of somewhere between kind of uh, Willie Nelson and Mark Knopfler. It's kind of Knopfler. Yeah, it's kind of that kind yeah. of husky kind of thing yeah. going on with just a little bit of grip. Yeah. Um and also there's a nice a quite a nice duet with uh, Nora Jones. Yeah, that that's one of the standout tracks. Illusion, which yeah. comes at the end of the album. So it's one of those records that, that you kind of, you'd norm, you'd possibly put on thinking, oh, Christ, I really have to get through our album instead <laughs> of this. But you come out at the end thinking, actually, it's not a bad record and the, yeah. there's been a hell of a lot worse records released this year. Yeah. Um, no, I completely agree. Um, I, was, I was a little bit anticipatory about, about this one. Uh, I was, you know, I was a little bit, oh, okay, here we go. And um, actually, I enjoyed it far more than I thought I would. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned the sort of the riffing on the, the Rolling Stones. Uh, I mean, Something for Nothing practically has the satisfaction yeah. to guitar riff in there, you know, uh, which is... We'll let him off that. We'll let him off for yeah. that, because, you know, obvious reasons. Um, no, no, it's, it's uh, again, a bit like the uh, the previous album we talked about. Uh, it, it's it's around the d diversity, and I I, th I feel that it's 60, 15 track. All right, it's not the longest album no. of this podcast, but uh, <laughs> it's right. We'll get to that. Yeah, by some by some <laughs> by, by some, some distance. Yeah, this podcast history. <laughs> um, and uh, 
but but at the same time, I just thought that a, a little bit of a little bit of sharpening, a little bit of uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, 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 it is very very. I mean, to, yeah. I mean to, again, to be fair to me, he hasn't just kind of no. churned out fifteen of the same. No, no, he hasn't churned out fifteen of the same. I just, I, I, I think there's a classic album in here, um, minus a couple of tracks. Uh, but but I'm, I'm nitpicking. You know what? Um, I can't get no satisfaction, but it's all right. It's a good album. <laughs> so speaking of long albums, <coughs> uh, is this a record? This next one. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a record. It's an app. Bum tish. Yes. But it, here it, all week. Is, <laughs> thank you very much. Is it a record though? Is, it, is this the longest album we've ever done? It, it might be. A, but it, it, make, it made me doubly glad that uh, I didn't uh, put the Iron Maiden album on, which I was going to do originally, because that's also apparently an hour and a half long. Oh, crikey! So we'd would have, have, have been really shafted. Anyway, um, don't have to put it on that one. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> this is uh, da- uh, Damn. Da- Dame Funk. Mm. Uh, invite the light. And as you may have gathered, this is an album that lasts for an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and just generally, as a rule, people, we don't like albums that last an hour and a half. <laughs> Seriously, it doesn't matter how good your record is. It's not that good. It's just... <laughs> you're giving it away, Pete. <laughs> you're meant to be telling me. So, so apparently Pete doesn't think they're good. <laughs> Explain, Pete. Um, it's just too long. <laughs> It's just too long. It goes on for too damn long. Um, it, you know, it's, this is great. This is a great funk album. I really enjoyed elements of this album for the first forty-five minutes. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, if you end this, if you end this album round about track nine, yeah. possibly pushing it to yeah. track ten, missing yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, missing not you. bad. Yeah, include it. But but that second, that that final third, or even half, it just goes on. It just goes on too long, and. What I found about this album was it, it, it was really enjoyable to begin with, but it, it, I just lost interest. I'll be honest with you. Well, yeah, I'll say it as it is. <laughs> I, I was bored by the end of this album, and uh, I like funk. I like a, I like a funk album, but this just bored me because uh, I, I don't know. It's just too long. It is too long. You're right. You're right. I mean, I mean, like I said, I, 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 I think mean, great stuff on here. Yeah, I mean, the start, yeah. the, the start of the album is great. If, if, if you're into really kind of strong, if style. you're into old school kind of old school funk, funk Rick Brilliant. James yeah. cameo, yeah. Uh, even Prince, Stevie Wonder, mm. stuff, stuff like that. Mm. The first bit of this record is it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. I mean, yeah. got the sleek introduction bit. Then you get we can we continue yeah. somewhere someday. I'm just trying to find the city. It's just just really good. Lyrical, dancey. Maybe I was drinking or smoking the wrong thing, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I just. Well, funny first Snoop Dogg is on here. Yeah, like, well, exactly. Like, yeah. By the time he turns up, I'm just like, is that? Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do have on. Um, I'm trying to remember which track it is actually. Um, yeah. Flea. Mm-hmm. Flea is on. Um, yeah, floating on air. Ah. Um, the first of two Red Hot Chili Peppers right. to be mentioned in this podcast. Oh, yeah. uh, and that's a really big kind of... In- it's, it's not quite instrumental, cause there's, no. cause there's but it's, again, you can tell the kind of really fuzzy bass going on yeah. and the whole kind of thing. Like, it's I love just, a bit of free. Yeah, free. really good. I really like, really like that. Good fun. Yeah. And The Hunt and Murder, for, Murder of Lucifer, I really like. So Which I enjoyed. Another yep. great instrumental bit. Um, so, yeah, as I said, it's, it's, it's an it's a interesting, interesting record, and obviously because I have to do the ping bit. Um... Mr. Funk did spend, yes, did spend four months of this year basically acting as uh, the band for Mr. Rundgren. Yeah. 
Jinping on his global tour. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, it, yes, it smacked of Rungan in places. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, look, great funk album. Just too damn long. Yeah. Damn funk. <laughs> How many times did you listen to it? I actually did listen to it three times. Good lord. Just yeah. Give that man a medal. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. 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 I managed a couple of times on this one. I only listened to it straight through once though, those ah, times. The, 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 the other two times I, I, had, yeah. to, I had to break it up. It was a, it was a bit of a podcasting challenge. That yeah. yeah. Anyway, we finish with a biggie. The 14th album, <laughs> or studio album, should I say, from Birmingham's Finest. <laughs> Black Sabbath. I was going to say, you're saying, yeah, Black Sabbath. Duran <clears throat> Duran. Duran Duran. They're back. Are back. Oh, marvellous. Um, with paper gods yeah. and yeah so they <laughs> they are back what do i say um okay let's let's start off on a positive this is the best duran duran album probably since 1993's kind of self-titled wedding album yeah one um again a bit like saying earlier on with the rolling stones reference this is perhaps not as big a compliment as it sounds because they've released a few stinkers in, in recent years. That time. Yeah. Um, particularly anyone that owns the Red Carpet Massacre album <laughs> will, will know this. It is truly, truly woeful. Um, <clears throat> so, this album we have uh, we have um, Nile Rogers, Mr. Hudson, who's responsible for most of the production, Mark Ronson, um, all helping out. On writing, yeah. we have uh, Keza, Lindsay Lohan, Janelle Monet adding welcome female vocals, yeah. and Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, John Frusciante adding some uh, guitar yeah. into it as well. And you know, it's it's an okay record. You know, it's at its best, it's reasonably enjoyable. Uh, the title track borrows its vocal melody from Squeeze's Call for Cats, yeah. um, whilst clearly musically revisiting classic kind of. Duran Duran and uh, a touch of Dispeche Mode in there as well I kind of there thought there is a touch yeah yeah. yeah. Um, the single Pressure Off um, is probably as good a thing as they've released since their heyday frankly um, the addition of Ronson and Rogers influence Rogers. on there um, works well as it does on the other track that they help out on uh, Only in Dreams which I thought was a good track uh, Butterfly Girl isn't far behind those as a uh, standout track on the record for me um and what other chances? Probably also worth a mention. Rest is a mixed bag, you know, a mixture of old kind of Duran Duran, trying to blend it in with today's sound. So the the uh, song with Keza or oh, Keisha, Keisha. Uh, yeah, last night, <laughs> la- last night, last night in the city, you know, starts off kind of like Duran Duran-y and then has a kind of modern, <laughs> cliched chorus. Um, and frankly, the less said about um, danceophobia, uh, the better. Lindsay Lohan. Uh, that's probably the best bit about that track, actually. Lindsay <laughs> Lohan's vocals. Um, if people really need, want to know what it sounds like, um, imagine Eurovision and Neil Poir. Yeah, it's it's a classic Eurovision stinker. So overall, uh, welcome back. I guess yeah. you know it's it's a okay record. I agree. I agree. Um, it, and it, again, improves on repeated listen. Um, I've, I, I've this got this has got to be their best album for about thirty years. And I know that's not hard. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard. <laughs> With the exception of an ordinary world, um, there's there's some really good there's some really good songs on here. Um, 
and uh, I particularly enjoyed uh, Paper Gods at, at the start. Yeah. That sort of reflection on, on fame and, and, and what. Um, and uh, it was either You Kill Me With Silence or The Pressure Off with, with Nile Rogers that I, I really got a Pet Shop Boys vibe thing. Um, <laughs> and you mentioned Depeche Mode, of course. Um, Only in Dreams and The Universe Alone. The Universe Alone is actually a really nice tune. The Universe Alone is it's not, really, not bad, actually. It's a, grow, it's a grower, you know, definitely. It's a grower. In terms of how you close an out, I, I, love, I love bands that close albums properly. <laughs> I always have. Well, they throw, all, they throw, they throw kind of orchestra and they throw shit it, on They it. throw it all in yeah. there, you know. Big, big one to finish on. Big soft one, um, you know. And uh, yeah, that, that that certainly ticks my box. Um, other tunes on here: Danceophobia, mm, okay. Uh, uh, Sunset Garage, yeah, good, good. And obviously now Rogers and Daft Punk have so much to answer for. Some of it good, some of it not <coughs> so good. Indeed. But actually, I think on, we're back. We're back on the positive slate. Uh, so the positive side of the balance with the Daft Punk album influenced two years later um, with this one. This is this yeah. This is um, this is Nile Rogers at his. I won't say best, but at his better. Yeah, it, it, he adds. He definitely what he adds definitely. is good. Yeah, rather, rather than you, just yeah. show up. You get you get you get a shade of view to a kill, which is uh, no bad thing. Uh, uh, see what I did there? Yeah. That Bond thing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> oh! Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, you know the one. <laughs> Let's just freak people out with this thing. We won't be reviewing that next podcast. No, we won't. <laughs> but what will you be reviewing next podcast? I hear you scream. Mm. Well, churches. Uh, every item. Oh, they're back, are they? They are indeed. Oh, marvellous. As our new order with music complete. Oh, I've heard of them. Uh, Janet Jackson, yes, really. Really? Uh, Unbreakable. Yeah. Uh, apparently that has 19 tracks on it, so I'm already looking forward to that one. Uh, <laughs> you do this to try. Yeah. John Grant is back. Oh, God bless now, you, sir. You know, this could be painful. This is a uh, difficult third album, uh, isn't uh, it? Just as we'll know, not only did John Grant uh, succeed in being our album of the year a couple of years ago, but he also also succeeded in being our album of the the podcast, the podcast history, history yeah. five years worth yes. earlier on this year as well. Oh, he, oh he's got a mountain album. to climb there. <laughs> he has got a mountain to climb. We have a uh, latest album from uh, kind of sort of death metal band, I suppose. Uh, death Haven, uh, New Bermuda, and the 1989 <laughs> off between Taylor Swift and Ryan Adams. For those who uh, are familiar. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Adams basically decided to re-record the whole of Taylor Swift's 1989 album, yeah. and so for a laugh, yeah. we'll, we shall contrast and compare. Are we doing Ryan? We're doing Ryan. Are we doing both? We're doing both. Are we? Yeah. Is she on? Uh... No. No. Okay, no. that's going to be a challenge. Excellent. <laughs> I like a challenge. Until next time, though. All right. Good. Good. See you then.